Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Bailey, it is Friday. We've made it. <laughs> Friday the 13th, no less. So uh, be careful. Don't break any mirrors. Don't cross any black hats. Don't step on any cracks, you know. Be as cautious as you can be. Stay inside. Lock your doors. You I was going to say, I'm know. just not, not going to leave the house today. <laughs> don't, walk any, don't walk underneath any ladders. You know, all those things. Yeah, I'm just expecting some bad news to come tomorrow from the Snyder bots. I was going to say, what happened with that? So earlier on Thursday evening, um, there was an article that came out that said that the Oscar fan event was rigged by two specifically two automated bots that uh, just kept retweeting over and over again and sent out like over 17,000 tweets. And so I, honestly, like everybody saw this coming, knowing that the Snyder fans were just going to rig this and make it so that Zack Snyder would win because they feel like he's their, their Lord and savior. And so um, they wanted him to win, and so they did everything they could to to rig the system. So, yeah, yeah, sucks Which is for just disappointing. It is disappointing because like there are so many other fan worthy moments, like Captain America holding Thor's hammer, that should have won that one, or even the Spider Man movies. But I don't know. Yeah, it's aggravating. There's some other stuff that we should get into. I, just moving on. Did you read about Top Gun? Did I read about Top Gun? It's only one of my most anticipated movies of this month. The reviews are freaking... Uh, I mean, it's it's only like 46 reviews right now or something, but it's at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. People are saying it's... I read a review that said it's the most... Act, it's like the most like spectacle-worthy action, not CGI, since Mad Max Fury Road. I mean, other people say it takes the Force Awakens route where it kind of repurposes the original plot but gives it a little more meaning and a more depth. But, I mean, everybody's saying that, like, it's just beautiful to watch. And what more do you expect from a movie with Tom Cruise flying jets, you know? Mm-hmm. If it's retreading the same ground like what Star Wars did, I think I might be a little disappointed. Just because I feel like it... Yeah, I don't know. That's another pod, but... <laughs> this, the new Star Wars trilogy just really rubs me the wrong way when it comes to retreading old ground and trying to put a new... It's it's like, let's just take this script and change a few things, and we'll call it a sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, honestly, I'm just, I'm just excited. I love Tom Cruise. I love him risking his life for our entertainment. I mean, I hope nothing bad comes of him, but at the same time, it's just so great. And uh, Percy Jackson recently faced some... I mean, moving on now, but Percy Jackson recently faced casting backlash. I'm going to ask you first that I read this, but what do you think about that? I, I, I think it's fine. And the reason I think it's fine is because the author has come out and said, like, the actress... So for our audience members, the backlash behind this is that 
the main girl playing Annabeth, I believe her name is Leah, or Leah, I don't know how to pronounce her name specifically, but um, she she is African American, and in the books she's described as this white, curly-haired, blonde girl, and they changed it for the show, the writer of the show came out and gave her, gave her his stamp of approval, and I honestly, I, I'm excited to see what she brings to this. I understand why fans are disappointed, but I also don't think that it's okay to, to lash out on a 12-year-old girl on Twitter because she's, she doesn't fit the character description. I, it's inappropriate and it's wrong. If they have any qualms, they should have brought it up with the writer and made a petition for the writer, not for her. So, I don't know. I, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm just, I trust the director, the, the author on this because he has so much control over this project. So, I feel like it's going to be a faithful adaptation. And, of course, it's going to be updated for modern times, um, even though the book is only like 10 or 12 years old. Um, it's just going to be different. And that's okay. Times change, and I'm I'm okay with it. You know, I just think if the author says it's okay, who are we to judge? Especially because it's the author's material that he wrote that other people fell in love with. Yeah. So if he ultimately feels like, guys, it doesn't really matter, it doesn't. And on another level, like, you know, more representation in film and movies. Like, get over yourselves. I don't know. I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm ready. I'm embracing it all. All right, so uh, moving on a little bit more into the the news set heavy segment, um, news heavy segment. I'm sorry, <coughs> I just ruined Excuse that. Me. Oh, it's all right. Uh, Fantastic Four. We have some rumors and news here, Bailey. This is all you. You're all rumors, all news. What do we got here? What's going on in the Fantastic Four verse? So we'll start on the news, and this will be there will be a little bit of spoilers for Doctor Strange. But if you have a Twitter account, Facebook, or Instagram, you probably already know by now. Um, so as we know, uh, I'll just start off with the news. The producers for Moon Knight, Grant Curtis and Nick Pepin, are brought on as the producers for the Fantastic Four movie. And another writer who was part of the Fant Four Stick movie from 2015 is actually coming on to write this movie as well. And before you like give your groans of disapproval, uh, he's come out and said that as far as being credited in that, he only had one piece of dialogue that he wrote that was actually left in the movie. And so I'm excited to see what they bring to this. Marvel's first family is going to be a blast to see on screen, especially in the MCU. Other news, uh, and this just may be a coincidence, and I honestly think it is, John Krasinski's Jack Ryan show is ending after four seasons. And that comes to us from Deadline. They're canceling that show, but creating a spinoff with Michael Pena starring in that. And I think John Krasinski is most definitely going to be cast in the Fantastic Four movie. If he isn't, then fans will riot at his home for years to come. And I'm going to leave it at that because I want him to be a Mr. Fantastic. But moving on to the next piece of news or rumors for Fantastic Four, Bryce Dallas Howard the daughter of John, Ron Howard. Yeah, why did I blank on that? He's like one of the most influential directors of our time. And Ron Howard's daughter is potentially striking a deal with Marvel to direct and star in Fantastic Four. 
Um, this is absolutely a rumor because the person that said this was on a Reddit post. So they have no credibility to their name. And so this is a massive grain of salt. But honestly, if she is Mrs. Fantastic, I would not be opposed to it. I think she would be really good in that role and as the director as well. I've loved what she's done with the Mandalorian episodes and even the Book of Boba Fett episode that she directed. It's exciting to hear that she could be joining this universe, um, and I hope she does. I don't know, what are your thoughts on all of this? I know it was a lot to take in for Fantastic Four, and a, a lot of it's just rumors, but what do you think? I don't know, I just think John, going the, the obvious one, if John Krasinski is playing Fantastic Four in another universe. And by the logic of the movie, all the actors are still playing themselves in other universes. Why wouldn't he play Fantastic Four in this universe, you know? That's not to say that they couldn't go a different route and couldn't choose someone else because, you know, whatever. But, like, that's just what I think. I feel like he has to be the Fantastic Four in this universe by the logic of the movie, unless they do something else with it. But I also, as far as the rumor side of it goes... I'm not entirely sure how I feel about Bryce Dallas Howard. Maybe as an actress. Um, I don't know that I've seen her in too much where I'm totally convinced that, you know, she's a great actress. I don't know. And I could be on the wrong side of history on this one. That's yeah. just my opinion, you know? <laughs> you know, we've only seen her in a couple things too, like Jurassic World and Jurassic World um, Fallen Kingdom. I think that's what it's called. And then she's new also dress in uh, Spider Man. She's 3. also in the vi- she's also in uh, what's it called? Oh, she is in Spider Man three. You're yeah, right. the village. You're right. The village. That's what I say. M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, mediocre yeah. film. Um, you take that back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's <laughs> I it's agree. fine. It's fine for it's, its fun. time. It's fun. Yeah, I agree. It's not. It hasn't. Uh, it's not Oscar worthy or anything like that. But honestly, it's not indie enough. Yeah, um, but I don't know. But what, what do do my comments make sense? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, no. Yes, your comments <laughs> do make sense. I I think she's a great director, and she she's learned from the best. She grew up from the best, and I think she has the potential to do great things, and it's time for her to shine in the director's chair. She's proven herself with these couple of episodes in Mandalorian and Boba Fett. And I think she deserves a feature-length film, whether that's in the Star Wars universe or in the Marvel universe. If you had to pick one or the other, which one would you want to see her do? I think she gets Star Wars. I I, I don't know how she... I, since I've already seen her in the Star Wars universe, I'm comfortable with her taking over something in that universe. Just because she gets it. I worry about her in the MCU, but I also think that she would also take her time and deliver something that the fans would be proud of. Yeah. And um, so there's that. And then we'll move <laughs> on now. And uh, Michael Waldron, who is the writer of Loki and the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness movie, is writing a Star Wars movie still. Bailey, what's the update? What's the news here? So a couple years ago, it was announced that Kevin Feige was producing a Star Wars movie and that Michael Waldron was coming on as the writer for it. And the the big news is that we're probably going to be getting an announcement, which means nothing in the realm of Star Wars because they love to show announcements. They're kind of like DC when it comes to their announcements. 
They say that they're going to bring all of these amazing things, but then half of them get canceled um, or postponed six years. So we're likely going to get an announcement for the Michael Waldron written or scribed Star Wars movie at the end of the month at Star Wars Celebration. And um, rumors came that in February that John Watts was actually in talks to direct a Star Wars TV show. And I don't, honestly, I don't see that happening because if Kevin Feige is producing a Star Wars movie, he's going to have, he, he's going to have a lot of control over it. And I think John Watts leaving Spider-Man was a way for him to come on this project as the director of Michael Waldron's new movie. And this combination, this trio is, is a, it's a reckoning. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be really big. I'm very excited because I love Michael Waldron. He's also done Rick and Morty. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> which I haven't seen that all of it, but I've seen a couple of episodes, and I like what he writes. And I I hope that he brings something new to the universe of Star Wars. What more can I say? <laughs> Look at how they massacred my boy. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Yeah, they just need something consistent, you know. I just feel like John Watts is a good director. I like what Michael Waldron has written, um, so it's interesting. This this could be an interesting combination, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. when when we get more news on this, I'll have more of a reaction. For me, it's too early for me to call it, you know. Yeah, stay tuned for Star Wars Celebration because Obi Wan comes out that same week and Stranger Things, so. We are going to have a lot to talk about. And then uh, let's move on to a piece of news that I actually love. Didn't read it until just now. But Godzilla vs. Kong 2 cast Dan Stevens um, as a new lead. Bailey, who is Dan Stevens? A lot of people know him from Beauty and the Beast. He played the Beast. I know him from Downton Abbey as Matthew. uh, And... He was phenomenal in that as well. And I also originally know him from Legion, which is the FX X-Men show that was on quite a while back. Did he play Legion in that? He was, Well, Legion isn't a character. Oh, well, yeah. I don't... I only watched like the first season. He was the main character in that. Okay, yes. Yeah. That was good. That was a great show. Highly recommend mm-hmm. it. I need to finish it. It is very, very trippy. But yeah, they're doing a sequel and the director of Godzilla vs. Kong is coming back to direct this new one. And Dan Stevens is starring in it. And I, I'm i excited. Like I don't know what else to say other than it's exciting to see him in this. I Godzilla vs. Kong, a lot of people didn't like it. I like it for what it is, a kaiju Bro, fight. I'm about to watch it again. I'm about to end this podcast. <laughs> Spent my Friday evening watching Godzilla vs. Kong again on HBO Max. You know, it's just big, dumb monster fight action. You know, what more could you ask for? I don't really care about the the human elements of it because oh, it's, it's, it's just the all worst about the part fights. every time. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, I I'm excited for this. So uh, that's our update on the new Godzilla vs. Kong movie they're making. So if you didn't know about that, get excited now. Uh, and the After Party, which is the Apple TV Plus series, has cast a new member, Bailey, who's in the talks for season two. Ken Jong. 
Um, I know him from Community, but the majority of people will probably know him from the Hangover trilogy. I just rewatched that, so <laughs> it's a funny one. <laughs> yeah, um, I yeah, gotta watch it on TV though. I I don't like all the crap that they put in it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and I love him in Community. He was great in that show, and he was also funny on The Masked Singer. He was the only reason I watched like the first two seasons, and they tried to milk it for what it was yeah i i enjoy him as an actor and i need to finish the after party yeah you haven't finished it yet no downton abbey had all my attention but i did finish it so i'm i am free to watch whatever i want now i think i called the after party's ending in episode two or even one i don't know and my wife I think it's the only murder mystery thing I've called before my wife did. <laughs> and um, because my wife's a sleuth, geez. But um, but I was pretty proud of myself. So hopefully I can keep the streak running on season two. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I don't know if they're going to bring back all of the same cast members. Because I don't know back how this... some of them. Okay. That'll be really interesting because so, yeah. I'll Finish have to watch it. it and then, and we'll, then talk. we'll talk about who they're bringing back, you know? Okay. Moving on, we have some Dune casting news. And Bailey, why don't you uh why don't you tell us about what the new, new casting for Dune Part 2 is? Do you want my honest opinion with Christopher Walken <laughs> being cast as the emperor? Yeah, absolutely. Just just shoot shoot from the hip, Bailey. I'm scared. I <laughs> I'm the reason I say that is just cuz like I know Christopher Walken from like comedy things he was recently in severance which he proved to do very well in that and i enjoyed his performance in that but i also worry because his voice is so iconic and so so distinct yeah and he doesn't seem like he would put off this grandiose presence that an emperor would have i feel like we're treading the david lynch dune territory with casting christopher walken where it's more campy. And I hope it's not. I trust Denny Villeneuve. I trust him so much with this series. And I'm excited to see what he brings to it. But this is the first piece of casting that I'm like... I'm scratching my head and going, what? I'm, I'm kind of... Again, I think the biggest thing that you said that I agree with... Is that I tend to trust Denny Villeneuve. After mm-hmm. watching his filmography recently... like. I feel like he has a very distinct knowledge of what he's doing with his films. You know, he has a very firm grasp on what he wants to accomplish in each one of his films. And I feel like Dune part two, you know, Dune being the one that he wrote a screenplay for when he was in high school, you know, he knows how to bring this book across into the visual format. And I'm excited, you know, Christopher, he could have cast freaking anybody. And I would have been like, let's go Denis Villeneuve. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, what's funny is that the memes coming out of this are pretty darn hilarious as well. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said, uh, you wrote it as well. you wrote it here as well, but you know, somebody said, I felt like Dune Part Two needed more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else quoted him from Pulp Fiction. It's just it's great. It's greatness. I I trust Denny Villeneuve. I mean he's he's done the three best science fiction movies in the last decade. Mm-hmm. And I trust him in this realm of sci fi. If he cast Denis Villeneuve, there's a re- or not. <laughs> if he cast Christopher Walken, there's a reason that he does did this, 
and I trust him completely with this project. I mean, he brought on Florence Pugh, who's a great actress, and Austin Butler, who we're about to see in Elvis, and I think he's going to do really good in that movie. And I'm excited to see what Denis Villeneuve... No matter what, it's going to be an absolutely beautiful film. The cinematography yeah. was some of the best I've ever seen in Hollywood. And I'm very excited to see what he does with this movie as well. I agree. So then we'll move on to our last bit of news, which is apparently Netflix and Disney Plus are to bring an ad-supported tier for their streaming service. Bailey, what more do we know about this? There's a lot to talk about on this one. Um, they're both bringing ad-supported tier, tiers to their subscription plans later this year, um, probably in the fourth quarter. And the good thing is that um, there's there's some good news and there's some drawbacks to this because Netflix has always been known for hiking their prices. And they've also been notorious for canceling seasons after the second or third season when they've been absolutely massive hits. And the good thing is that they're going to be able to see which shows are bringing the most revenue for them. And so they'll be able to say whether or not that seasons will get more than that. They'll get more seasons because people are actually watching them and they're watching the ads that are for them. And so it's going to be really good for fans of these Netflix shows. Like, could you imagine if they had brought ads earlier on when Stranger Things first came out? It would have it would have done amazing things, and we probably would have gotten better seasons uh, for season two and season three of Stranger Things. The problem that I have with Netflix, though, we've talked about this a lot is that they just have so much so fast. I don't know. What are you what are your thoughts on all of this, Adam? Um I agree with you, especially on the fact that Marvel Netflix is a lot too fast. Netflix is really just oversaturating <laughs> their their own market, you know? Marvel does do too much too fast as well as we've seen in the last year. Yeah. But go ahead. What were you saying? Sorry, did I say Marvel or did I say Netflix? Yeah, you said okay, Marvel. I... <laughs> and then you corrected yourself and said Netflix. I apologize. Netflix does too much too fast. Um, but I mean, that's a Marvel thing too. But like, you know, I get on Netflix half the time and I don't even know what I want to watch anymore. And more and more I've been... Dude, Downton Abbey. Uh, um... It's on there till the 31st. So I'm going to just keep going. <laughs> You know, ironically, just a side <laughs> note, you're going to plug Downton Abbey to me. I have one of my greatest friends ever, my oldest friends, always plugs Peaky Blinders to me. And for some reason, I just have avoided it like the plague. I cannot get into it. That's how it was for me and Downton for the longest time. Yeah. Like, my in-laws, they were recommended it to me. My wife was like, we should watch Downton Abbey for like the last three years we've been married. And I've just pushed it off. My parents have said it's really good. And I decided to just give it a chance because we always watch what I want to watch and because I know what's, what's out there. And um, I'm more familiar with this realm of entertainment. And so I, I gave it a chance. And this is a completely different podcast, mm -hmm. but it's really good. And check it out. Yeah, but I mean, I also really agree with just, you know, one of the things that I think streaming, one of the things that I think that I liked about this news is that they'll finally be able to tell what viewers are watching, you know? Because I feel like 
streaming still has this thing where they'll say, oh, this is the most watched show or movie on our platform ever. And it's like, but like, what are the real numbers? You know, they don't really divulge that information. That's something that we're still learning about. It's all kind of like based on what they say. Yeah, and I, I think that it's going to be really good for uh, the shareholders as well because there was this whole fiasco with them suing Netflix because they had lied about um, how everything was okay and they were artificially inflating their their stock prices by saying they were getting subscribers, but they've been losing subscribers for the last two quarters. And I, I think it's really sad that this company that's become so big is starting its downfall its own demise and it's bringing it upon itself but i i just hope that this ad supported tier does miracles for netflix it's a step in the right direction you think so you're for the ads i am i am and that's mainly because netflix doesn't know what's good and what's not good mm -hmm. Like they they've always lived by the mindset of too like too much too fast, and they don't they, like obviously they don't see it like that. They just look at more of quantity versus quality, and so and that's why we get so many shows that are canceled because they're not getting the budget that they need and the care that they need from this massive studio, and they're canceling these shows on, on massive cliffhangers when. The fans really love these shows. And so the ad-supported tiers are going to really show Netflix what viewers are watching. And it will actually provide them with a steady case of revenue. Whereas they haven't been getting that with their current way that they've been running. Yeah. I'm going to disagree a little bit only because I feel like Netflix can be very selective about what they do and don't continue pushing, you know? And it's mm -hmm. almost to me arbitrary or random. Like, you know, I think of like a show like Mindhunters, which had two seasons. I don't know how many people watched Mindhunters, but I think it's a phenomenal show. The third season has, has you know, it's in the air. No one really knows if it's going to happen. It's been put on hold um, as quoted by David Fincher, but like, theoretically if they got all the all the you know pieces in the right places they could make a third season and i don't know who they'd be for you know but like other shows, you're right there are other shows that they cancel and everybody seems to be like oh why are they canceling this show why are they canceling this show but they'll still you know spend 30 you know spend 30 million dollars on an episode of stranger things or you know things like that you know it's just like yeah quality over quantity or quantity over quality i think Netflix has some division to do there and has some yeah. identifying as well. The I'm not totally like, I know I said I'm for it. And the reason I say that is because it's a step in the right direction. Netflix could still drop the ball on this and they seem to do that quite frequently. And so I, I really think that this is taking the steps that they need to make it back to the top where they were. Yeah. I still, I, I'm, I'm fumbling over my words on Netflix because I just really don't care for the the service. I just, as a whole. I just feel like streaming is really making a push now to be like to produce quality or prestige material. Like, I think that's what streaming has to be right now. 
I think before it was fine because you could stream everything, you know, as as was the case with Netflix when it first started, you could stream everything there. And, you know, as they've lost things, they still want everybody to be able to stream whatever they want there. But like the things that are real successes are things that have a touch of quality or a touch of me. I wouldn't even say prestige, but just quality that shows through in their stories and their shows. And I feel like that's what going forward, these things, these streaming services have to be able to tout. For example, Apple TV plus, you know, I'm not saying Apple TV plus was like an underdog because again, Apple TV makes Apple has so much money, but just the, the idea that their big thing was Ted Lasso and people latched onto the show and people loved the show. And then Apple TV plus could tout the show and then also make great other great shows on their streaming service that could draw people to it, such as Severance, such as um, Pachinko, such as The After Party, you know? They've figured out, okay, if we're going to make something, it has to be, like, worth the make of it. I agree with you on that, like, wholeheartedly. Like, you look at Disney+, Plus, and we might crap on Disney+, Plus Marvel shows and Star Wars shows, uh, because they just aren't that great, but compared to what we've seen on TV in the past, it is, the quality of it is a lot better than what we've seen on TV in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, or like your average Disney Disney Channel shows yeah. or, um, or anything like that, or Fox or ABC, anything. I, I think that Disney Plus, even Paramount Plus and a- Apple TV Plus, those are great examples of quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And I think Netflix hasn't learned their lesson because they've always been in debt. They are one of the, they have so much debt that I don't even know how they're still around. And I, that's why I'm hopeful that this company, this Netflix company will stay around because the ad tier is a step in the right direction. But I honestly don't think that they've learned their lesson yet. So then moving on, what do you think the future is for streaming and platforms? It's going back to how TV is. It's all about ads. They need to make their money and the standard flat rate of $8 for Disney Plus or however much it is for Apple TV Plus, it's like 6 bucks. It's not going to be like that always. And so they're going to be raising prices for their standard their standard package or not their standard package for their ad free package but they're also going to have ad tiers all of them will Mm -hmm. and that's just the way it's gonna go because they've realized that they can't make money solely on the 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 minimum payment that customers are giving them every month because they're they're all gonna go broke if that's the case so hulu does it good they've done it well for the last little while and Paramount has an ad tier. Peacock does, I believe. But honestly, I don't really know about Peacock. So Honestly. But um, I, I think it's the way it's going. Yeah. I, I I think you're right. And I mean, it's. I think it'll be interesting to see how the consumer base reacts to this change. Because I think Netflix has prepped us for a while to have our standard of mo- uh, movies and shows with no ads. And now I'm wondering, mm-hmm. okay, well, what's going to, like, how will us as consumers react? And I think to some degree it doesn't really matter. I think this is just the way it's going to go. I think you're right. Well, honestly, people are spending more on streaming than they ever did on TV. 
with how many streaming services are out. And everything you watch on TV can be streamed now. And so we all thought cable was dying, but it's coming back in the form of streaming. Yeah, like AMC Plus, which is just a streaming service for a channel. It's ironic that all these companies are like, streaming is the future, but it's all about ads. That's It's all about money to these companies. And they they provide the portal for entertainment for us, and we provide them with their money to provide us with this. Yeah, I agree, Bailey. Do you have any any closing arguments, any closing thoughts here for the uh, the future of Netflix, the future streaming, any of that? No, I'm contemplating getting Peacock though because I want to see Firestarter. I know it looks horrible. It's the Zac Efron Bloomhouse yeah. reboot. And I, I want to watch it because Zac Efron said that he wants to do High School Musical 4. <laughs> I'm just kidding, no. I, I think the movie looks, it looks cheesy, but I, I still like these kind of movies and I, I want to see it. But besides that, I, I think that, like getting serious, I think Netflix is starting to realize that they have to take what they do seriously. And that's why I think they took steps to put so much money into the Knives Out 2 and Knives Out 3 with Ryan Johnson and to make these deals with Chris Hemsworth, Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot. And yes, I did just name off the whole cast of Red Notice. I I think that Netflix is realizing that they just have to get their heads screwed on straight and they're not they haven't been taking it. They haven't been looking at it from a business perspective, which they should have been the whole time. I think Netflix has had the has had has been the leader in the industry for so long that I don't think they ever thought this day would come as soon as it has. And now that they're here, they're thinking, okay, we really need to rethink our strategy right now. So that's what we're saying. I think Netflix is really starting to think, okay, how do we? Because really, they're kind of on equal footing with everyone else right now, and maybe even below footing. You know, they're still probably the leading, they still probably have the most subscribers of all streaming services, but I think their decline is exponentially worse than others who are on the rise, you know? I I will say this. I do think that with the ad tier level of the subscription, they are bringing along the password price hike for people who are illegally sharing their passwords. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to see a lot of fluctuation in the numbers for netflix when um when the ad tier comes out because if they're going to do what they've done in their testing countries and add two dollars per household that you have added on to it mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna really change the game for them and we're gonna see massive drops in how many people are subscribed to netflix but we're also going to see a massive rise from the people who still want the content but for a lower price. So it's going to be really, I'm curious to see how this fall and 2023 is going to go for Netflix because it's really up in the air with how people are going to be switching over between the two. Yeah. So, or if they'll just drop it all together. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I think that should do it for our episode today. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, please reach out to us. You can find us on social media at AB Cinema Podcast or just AB Cinema. Um, on Instagram, we're abcinema.pod. You can send us an email 
at abcinema.pod at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to hear back from you guys. We're super excited to talk, just, you know, keep talking about movies, keep talking about shows. Love to hear what you guys would like to hear about. Uh, I believe that should do it for us today. We hope everyone has a great day. And as always, keep watching movies.